0: Welcome to Scene Change, a podcast by the National Federation of the Blind's Performing Arts Division. All about equality, opportunity, accessibility, and the arts. Here, you'll learn adaptive techniques from performers in the know. We are changing what it means to be blind, one stage at a time. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scene Change. I'm Lizzie Muhammad-Park, the Vice President of the National Federation of the Blind Performing Arts Division, and your host of the show. Today's episode is very special for two reasons. First, I'm co-hosting with our excellent producer, Shane Lowe, and this never happens. Hey, Shane.
1: It never happens. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) That's part of our contract, she has to say nice things about me whenever she talks about me on the podcast. (laughs) We don't
0: have a contract. Anyway, um, (laughs) he will be asking all of the technical questions today that, you know, would take me years to research. Um, Clearly, he has done that research as our producer and he's he knows all about it. So he will be an awesome help to the show. And of course, we've got a special guest for you, just as we do every month. Joining us today is John Dowling, Jr. Welcome to the show, John.
2: Hey, how's it going? (laughs)
0: Now, listeners, you've probably heard, uh, you know, some of his music. For example, at our 2021 NFB Showcase of Talent um, yeah. last summer at convention, um, he did a performance, and it was outstanding. You may Thank even you. follow him on Twitter, um, yeah. and he will give his Twitter handle, I'm sure, at the end of the <laughs> at the end of the show. <laughs> you guys will all see why I'm laughing, um, and. If you haven't seen either of those, then you really need to get on his YouTube channel um, where you will hear some fabulous covers of country songs. Um, and Also quite a few self-written songs, if I'm um, correct. Yep. And in addition to that, uh, he is a multi-instrumentalist. So we will get into all this and more. First, let's start off with some background. John, yeah, could you tell us... Where your journey with music began.
2: Sure. So uh it really started when I was about, let me see, about four or five. Um and for my for I I think it was on my fifth birthday, I got a, a toy Yamaha keyboard. It wasn't it wasn't the best. Uh at the music, the instruments kind of sounded like shit on it, but uh, you know, it was it was hard. It was it was good for a starter keyboard. Um and uh you know just it just kind of took off from there um i you know i i just kind of picked up different melodies from the songs that i'd hear on the radio and i'd be able to you know put them down and and uh you know by you know six seven years old i was you know i was starting to you know get get a little better and i had some uh some people helping me i had a a neighbor who lived next door to me who uh you know he, he he saw the uh the potential in me the musical potential and he he kind of started pushing me to, to uh, pick up different instruments. And I uh, by the by the time I was eight years old, I was playing the, uh, the piano, uh, the harmonica, and I was also starting on the ukulele as well. Um, and that's wow. really kind of what what got me into it. And then uh, by the time I was about, I don't know, f- 14, 15, I kind of picked up the guitar a little bit. I wasn't really playing too much. Uh, the, that really started in like 20, 2018, 2019 was really when I really got serious about it and uh yeah
3: wow
0: so you've mentioned harmonica the piano the guitar yeah do you play anything else you're a vocalist
2: yeah um let's see I play I play the banjo I play the mandolin um i I play the drums uh somewhat i play key drums uh but i can also play row drums uh to an extent but uh, i'm better at uh at, at key drumming um that's a lot that, right there yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm, sure I've, do I'm sure I've i'm sure i've forgotten drums
1: some. or instruments you don't play would probably
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. a good, a good let's, see, let's see uh i i don't play the i i still want to learn how to play the the didgeridoo that would be be a fun instrument to play that'd be great that'd for be country awesome. music i'm all in for that <laughs> yeah, and we'll right. talk
1: about that that keyboard setup later on in the show yeah as well, especially how we're getting, oh, yeah. getting those drum patches through why yeah, so man. many instruments um a lot of people i know as musicians and i'm one of them kind of, we just kind yeah. of lock into one thing one thing that we do yeah. the best so for me it's it's percussion i lock in i'm like okay i want to rehearse percussion and i learn all kinds yeah. of different percussion stuff but you, yeah. you're learning everything you're focusing yeah. on everything why? Yeah. It's amazing.
2: Thank you. Um, you know, I, I really don't know. I guess because the the genre of music that I'm catering to, I feel is is kind of dying in some respects. So I'm trying to keep it alive as best I can, and uh, I feel the only way to do that is to master every single instrument in the genre. Um, yeah. So, uh, I I, it's I don't a know. I mean, I genre.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah. Th-
2: thank you. Thank you, man. Um. I. And I, I. guess it's also just for the the, the fun and the, and the and the challenge of learning a new instrument, and seeing how many instruments I can, you know, I can I can play.
0: So tell our listeners, the ones um who haven't yet heard of you and will be stalking you all over social media, what is your genre? Uh, I. How
2: would you define it? Yeah. So I play what is called traditional country music. Um, and uh, the reason it's called traditional country music is because it. Uh, it kind of relies heavily on a lot of the traditional instruments that, uh, kind of made country music, you know, like the guitar and the, the fiddle and the, uh, and the pedal steel and, uh, you know, the the drums, um, I feel like a lot of today's country music and, you know, I'm not trying to bash it, but I feel like today's country and really just, just music in general is a lot. It's, it's very produced. It's very kind of organically made. Uh, there's not, I feel like there's not a lot of human feeling, um, you know that everyone just kind of goes to a studio. They lay stuff down. They quantize it. They you know put all these auto-tuning and you know all the stuff on their vocals. And yeah, you know that's that's all good now. But I don't know. I just I miss the, the the real human authenticity of of the way that country music used to be, and it still is to a certain degree.
0: Mm-hmm. I definitely saw that um, on your Twitter and, um, and so on. I could tell that you're a very independent thinker. Um, yeah, and then. Thank you. You know, uh, when you look at, at the YouTube um, and you're, you know, just going through all the different songs and, you know, the covers the self-written songs that they are, like um, I said, your your voice, it has very um versatile capabilities. And I was just wondering, So, did you pick up, you know, you mentioned some of your instruments and, and things like that. Did you pick up these different vocal styles? Uh, instruments, oh, yeah. Are, are you self-taught? Did you? Yes. Or are you just listening to the stuff? Yes. Or?
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, yeah.
0: What's
2: that yeah. process like? Um, that, That's a, a good, you know, I, I never really thought about it. Uh, I guess it's just, you know, because I, I kind of have everything set on automatic now. Just kind of, you know, shoom, it just happens. Yeah. So I think what I what I tend to do is when I'm first starting to really learn a song, I really kind of study it in and out. So like I will just constantly listen to it and I will analyze how the singer is, is singing and, you know, how the way he's he's moving his mouth. I can kind of kind of visualize it in my head. Um, like, for example, kind of the way that Waylon Jennings, sings, he, he kind of he has a kind of a different tonal quality as, you know, say someone like Willie Nelson, who oh, kind of sings there was now, you know, uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, I, I, it's just, you know, just little little nitpicky things like that, that I guess not a lot of people would would really, really understand or, or pick out.
1: I think that sets out the talent, though. You know, it's the people that really um, put in that dedication to study the craft. You know, to, to study yeah. the pioneers of the craft, but also the mm-hmm. craft itself. You know, you really focus in on those people who who paved the way. Yeah, um, and that's where you that's where you get your influence, which yeah, is man. really neat. So once once you've got your tone down, yeah. where do you go from there?
2: Well, uh, I guess then it's really just about. Uh, the lyrics and and uh kind of going through them and making sure that i uh that i know all the words that i'm supposed to sing and then uh, even you know if it's a song that i'm really intrigued by i will uh i kind of look up the history of it and and look up you know uh will i'll, I'll kind of try to get into the the writer uh the whoever wrote the song's head and see what he was he or she was thinking about when uh writing that that song and i feel like it kind of it kind of gives a, a deeper meaning to why i want to uh to learn it so you're a natural yep. is what I'm hearing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you're a
2: natural, yeah. kid. So
3: what
0: about uh, learning a new instrument then? Because that's going to be a different process then. Than yeah,
2: the vocals. right. Um, so with that aspect, um, it, I feel like it's kind of the same way, except I'm not, you know, it, it's so it, it's kind of like with the vocals, except I'm, I'm kind of learning how the how, you know, how the instrument works. How you, uh, how you make the sounds. And, uh, you know, and then I'll just kind of listen to the song over and over and see what kind of articulations they used, you know, how, how they got it to sound, you know, the way that they did. And I'll try, uh, I don't try to copy it, you know, melody for melody, but I try to get it as close as I can to the original, just so that way that little piece of history is still preserved.
1: Mm.
0: Now, okay, for example, Tell yeah. us how you learned to play the mandolin I, I don't even what is it? what does it look like? How did you like, yeah. you know what I mean yeah
2: sure um actually let me see let me see if, let me see if I can get it um but essentially the mandolin it kind of looks like a violin um it's it's small um and it's got uh four sets of two strings um and they're both tuned at the same octave um so um and they're actually tuned the way that a violinist tuned. So you got uh, G, D, A, and E and uh, you know, it's, it was primarily used in bluegrass um, and uh, but it, it has been used in a lot of traditional uh, and some pop country songs as well. Um, but it's, it's main uh, fame and fortune is, is uh, bluegrass. One of the things that makes it kind of special to me and the reason why I love the mandolin so much is because the guy that invented bluegrass, uh, Bill Monroe was the, uh, an excellent mandolin player. And he could, he could play i mean i don't think i'm you know as good as he is but he, he can he, he can play some man he's he's really good um and he required that all of his players be as as good as he is and uh um i think that was that's a a great requirement to have and i would uh i would probably do the same thing if i uh had a band like that um <laughs> but I, i'm also a perfectionist so that uh i'm sure that that and I think, uh, I think Bill Monroe was also a perfectionist too. So that you know, it's it's not always a good thing because you know you you think you could do better when in reality it's 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 fine. But in your head, you're like, no, this is, you know, this needs to be tweaked, even though it really doesn't. But uh, that's just that's just what it's happens. True. How do you true cope with that? A
1: perfectionist, yeah. I struggle with that a lot as a performer.
2: Yeah. Uh, how I, I I don't. I I guess I I just. <laughs> it, it 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 never stops <laughs> <laughs>
1: so the same answer as me then excellent yep <laughs> heard a lot from this podcast. <laughs> can you give us a sample of the mandolin
0: i was gonna ask that same question yeah, i don't know what me, it sounds like <laughs> let me see all
2: right let's let's just uh let's just make up something I said, that's that's about as uh, as good as we're gonna get with this thing. I need to get it restrung and take it to Guitar Center because it's, uh, it's right not on. doing Thank really you, good.
1: Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, Is
2: there because a bow? the no, oh, nope, sorry. It, it... no. Sorry. No, no yeah, I it. should mention you don't hold
1: it on your shoulder like you don't. <laughs> yeah. <play laughs> like a yeah. No. You, you,
2: you, yeah. No. You you don't you don't play it like a violin. Um. You so and that, that's that's actually another another good point that I was gonna bring up uh, as my playing techniques. Uh, I play guitar and other instruments a little differently than most people. Uh, I play guitar uh, with it kind of flat facing up on my lap. um, So I don't hold it the way that a regular guitar. Yeah. I kind of play it like, uh, like, like, like Jeff Healy.
1: Uh, Oh yeah. He's amazing.
2: (laughs) Blues. Oh yeah, dude.
1: Yes. And
0: thank you for educating our listeners on what the mandolin is and, you know, a demo yeah, of how it sounds yeah this is what we need this is what the show is all about <laughs> so <laughs> okay so you were telling us that you are self-taught with all of your vocals and instruments yep. so okay let's say there's an instrument like the banjo now that yeah. we talked about the mandolin yep and you want to learn to play it yeah as a blind guy right mm-hmm. do you mm-hmm. just pick it up and you just start strumming away and and listening to songs and, and trying to match or Do you at least ask someone for like a first lesson to to orient you to the instrument or what is it? Is it YouTube? How do you do this?
2: Yeah. So uh, I'm actually kind of glad you asked. Um, There's a guy that I would totally recommend. Uh, You can find him on, on Bard. um, And his name is Bill Brown. And he's got some, some great courses on the, on the guitar, on the, the mandolin, um, and I think he had a I believe he has one on the banjo too. But that's actually how I learned how to play a little bit of the mandolin from from reading his books. Um, I read his book, uh, Intro to the Mandolin, and I uh, learned how to play a couple of chords. And from there, I I kind of I kind of took it from there, you know. So as long as as long as you you kind of know how to play like so well, one thing that I've kind of noticed as I've been picking up these instruments is once you once you can play one, you can kind of play them all. Um, you know, as long as you kind of know the principles, uh, like for the banjo. Um, and actually I can show you this, you know, a little later. Um, I have a, a four string banjo, which isn't very common, uh, you know, cause you mainly, you uh, a lot of people are used to seeing five string banjos, uh, but a four string banjo, uh, which is called a tenor banjo, uh, that was mainly used, uh, for jazz. And it was also used in some country songs back in the forties. Um, but the way that I have it tuned is, uh, It's actually the, pretty much the same tuning as a guitar. Um, it's uh, D, G, B, and E. Um, and since I know how to play guitar, I can pretty much play the banjo pretty well because it's basically the same chord shapes. Um, but yeah. So I, I mean, I, I guess really what I'm trying to say is, uh, I, I kind of, you know, I get a heads, you know, I get someone to kind of give me a, a little push and then, uh, And then, and then I can kind of take it from there.
0: It's a really good resource too. Um, for those of you who don't know, Bard is the library of Congress. Um, essentially their, their answer to, um, making books available to those who are blind and print disabled. So, um, it's a really good resource. I've seen those, um, those books on Bard, but I, I always wondered, I'm like, are these, are these actually useful? You know what I
3: mean? Oh yeah. Yeah, Um, they are. They are, man. it's good to know that they are.
0: So good to know. (laughs) Now. You've uh, defined your style of music as essentially bringing back old country, right? Like yep. bring, you know, yeah. bringing it back and and uh-huh. make, modernizing it yep. so that um, you know people can know that there's more to country music than just you know pop pop country sort of was yep. sort of where it's going these days, right? Yeah, uh huh. And you wrote a song, and it was really good. Um, Thank you, especially as as my dog. You don't even know what I'm talking about yet. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> the one, especially song.
0: as exactly, especially <laughs> as as my uh, dog gets older. Um, I believe it's called "Do Dogs Go to Heaven." Um, yep, That's and it. it's it's such a good song um, because my girl is now ten, and she's my first dog. And I'm like, I'm always thinking about that. I'm like, you know, she's a lab, so yeah, I'm like, she's only got like four more years left, and it's just so sad to think about. I'm always just thinking yeah. her. So, of course, I want to get into. Um, you know, the story of how, you know, how did you write that song? I'm sure it, it well, first of all, is it a true story? I'm, I was going to say, I'm sure it's a true story, but wait a minute. What if it's not? Um, yeah, so, no, it, it
2: is. It is. Okay. It's a true story. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yep. Because there's so much feeling in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's something that uh-huh. you mentioned earlier about yeah. um the old style of country. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or You know? Yeah. So, so go ahead. Take it away.
2: Sure. So uh, the story is about uh, my my dog. Um, he was a Lapsopso Pekingese um and so he, he he was a small guy um and let's see when i was about 15 years old so i i had two dogs back then i had a i had him and i had a a, a beagle boxer mix and the boxer so he was kind of chilling underneath the uh underneath because we bought a couch from ikea and he was just kind of chilling under there and the the beagle boxer jumped up on the couch and i don't think he realized that he was underneath the couch and he kind of jumped up on there and it, we think it kind of severed his, his spine or something because it it messed up his back legs. Um, and so we had to take him down to the, uh, to the, to the SPCA and they, uh, they put him down,
3: unfortunately.
2: Mm. So.
0: so then in writing this song um, and you did mention that it happened when you were about 15 in, in the song, yep. in writing this song, you know, there is that feeling, there's that, you know, um, emotion. What was that process like? And was it, was it, did it help you? Was it therapeutic? Just. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. Um, I, I think it, it kind of wasn't a way, although, um, I, you know, when I wrote it, this was, you know, about, let me see, uh, about four years later. Um, but I mean, even still, it, I, 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 I guess you could say it was, that uh, it was therapeutic. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. But the songwriting process.
2: Yeah. Like, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So what do you do? Do you just pick up an instrument and you start with the melodies? Do you just yeah.
2: start yeah, so, with some so, words and then, Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. So, so what I did was, um, I, I kind of sat in front of my piano and just started, I started playing chords and, um, and it just kind of came to me. And, uh, you know, after, I, so what usually when I write songs is, uh, and I should say songs, when, when, when I write, when I wrote that one song, um, really w- what I do when I write songs is, uh, I kind of start off with the melody first and I'll, I'll kind of work at the arrangement before I actually write the lyrics. Um, Uh I guess just because, so that way I have something to, to kind of go on as I'm writing, you know, the lyrics down. Um, but yeah, so I, I had the song arranged first and then I, I just sat down and I, I I wrote it.
0: Now, someone like you who plays all these different instruments, right? Yeah. You sit down at the piano and you start with the melody (coughs) and then do you pick up your mandolin and then you pick up the banjo and then you pick up the,
2: you know what I mean? Yeah, see, it so it, I guess it all depends on on the song that I'm writing. Like for that right. um I really relied heavily on the on the piano for that and then I kind of picked up my instruments uh you know after after the, so I I kind of I didn't really think about what instrument I was picking up first. It just kinda, I just kind of I just kind of grabbed the nearest one that was closest to me. Do
0: you grab the nearest one or do you think of one that like is there one in your head and then you grab it?
2: I think I think that's about it. I think uh, you know, I think I kind of hear it in my head, and I'm like, all right, you know, I want it to sound like this. So I'll...
0: yeah, that's what I'm yeah. thinking too. Well, yeah. I, I've never written a song before, <laughs> but that's how <laughs> I would imagine. Which is why yeah. I'm asking all these questions, you know. Yeah, um, yeah sure. that's how I, I would imagine. You know, like you sort of hear something, and then you go and create it. I don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah, or maybe does it change after maybe you've heard something, you know, in your head? You do something. You hear the banjo yeah. piece in your head. You go. You yep. play that. And then what does another piece just kind of come to you and then you start playing that instrument too? Like I I want to know all of this from a multi <laughs> instrumentalist perspective.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, so I, I don't I don't know. Um, I don't really know how to how to explain. I guess what
2: what happens is I I'll hear the instruments in my head kind of one by one and I'll 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 lay that first instrument down and then I'll, I'll you know drop well i won't physically drop but i'll i'll put it down and i'll pick up the next one that i hear in my head and i'll just kind of keep going from there until i have wow. all of it recorded yeah and
0: you play all of your own instruments for your songs
2: yeah uh-huh yep wow i think that's so cool Thank
3: you. well
0: let's hear a sample of duke dogs go to heaven
3: all right <laughs> Fifteen years old When my dog passed away I would sit in my room And start to pray I would ask God these questions So strong and so true Like do dogs go to heaven? Dogs go to heaven like we humans do. Do they need special treatment and love? That's so true. What about stray dogs who don't have a home? Will dogs go to heaven? Will I see? Yes, Lord, do dogs go to heaven, and where I see my own?
1: That was amazing, Bravo. man. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, that man. Was, that was so good. I love that Rhodes. I love the sound of that Rhodes piano.
2: Hell yeah, dude! It sounds excellent. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yes. no, nothing beats the sound of a Rhodes, man. Man, I would love to like own one of those things. That would be so. Oh, cool. like an
1: actual authentic one. Yeah, those dude. Are incredible. Oh my god. I, those They're must expensive. be so expensive. An original. <laughs> How, so for, for listeners who don't know, talk yeah. about the Rhodes piano sound. How did, how is that created? What, what, because, you know, you could tell that it sounds different, you know, from your traditional piano. Yeah. Kind of
0: mm-hmm.
2: Well, so the way that uh, I've, I've heard is that uh, the Fender Rhodes is like a standard kind of piano, except um, it's got these little, these little mallets um, with these, I don't know if they're like strings, um, but uh, all of that's connected to an amplifier, and uh, that's why it's called an electric piano because the amp is what uh is what what helps kind of make the sound. Um, Shapes but I that know that different, yeah, and I know that different electric pianos have different like mallets and stuff that are inside them that strikes the uh, the strings to make them have different tones, like the Wurlitzers and the you No, know, that's why the Wurlitzers sound different than the than the uh defenders and i think that's also i think they might also use different different string types
3: too
1: probably. yeah absolutely and that, that's something that always stood out to me which is why i'm really excited to talk to you about it um yeah in, dude. in your sound because you play <laughs> a lot of your instruments live in the room um yeah you know the, a lot of the guitars a lot of the a lot of the string instruments especially yep. um yeah. but what you fill in, you know, the the rest you fill in with these great sounding patches, um, in your keyboards. So I want to talk about that and, and kind of strip it back to the basics a little bit for people who are listening to your music and your productions and who want to get a similar sound. That's, that's really authentic. These high quality sounds that are all coming through a keyboard. Um, so talk me through your technical setup. How are you? What's what keyboard are you using? What's your signal chain, uh, you know, going into the computer? Um, And we'll go from there.
2: Cool. All right. Well, I just want to give a disclaimer. This is about to get very technical and and very geeky. So, uh,
1: yeah, this is the nerd, the nerd portion of the show. (laughs) This is why I've never been a co-host before. I'm going to break it down. (laughs)
0: That's exactly what Shane's here for. <laughs> very
1: long.
2: This is a good part and I'll people. <laughs> I'll
0: stop you. I'll stop you if more clarification. <laughs> we, I speak for the people who don't know. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, sure. So, all right. So the, this is this is what my rig looks like. The 2019 iMac uh, with a 16 gigs of RAM uh, and an Intel Core i3, which I didn't even think that they made uh, i3 processors. I thought there was just a five and a seven and a nine. But, uh, so it's a I relatively
1: have... new computer but with yeah actually i mean the 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 ram is a, is a decent size but it's yeah. actually a, a relatively old processor so this yeah uh-huh. so so to translate this setup doesn't actually require as much computer power as as i expected
2: yeah no really cool no. yeah so I have a one terabyte uh internal hard drive it's a combination of a uh, SSD and a spinning drive. Apple calls it their Fusion drive. Um, but then I also have a one terabyte um, external SSD, which holds all my sounds um, because uh, you really don't want to put all those sounds on a spinning drive because they don't it, take too long to, to load. And then with all that, yeah, you know, all the to spinning break it down and-
1: the, the SSD is, is a solid state drive. And yep. uh, most most older computers have hard disk drives um, and the hard disk drives they spin they have they're called platters inside of your hard drive that spin and Mm -hmm. that's uh from there is where the data is retrieved from the spinning drives Uh, but they're a lot (laughs) slower than your your solid state drives where everything is is pulled without moving parts that's why they're solid state drives so you want Mm -hmm. to you know anytime you're working in music production Um, especially something like this, when you're playing instruments through a keyboard into a computer, um, you want the absolute minimum delay possible so that you can play on time. You know, you can play Mm -hmm. in time.
2: Yeah. And, uh, let's see. Um, I'm using a native instruments, complete control S61 Mark two that I got back in 2018. And, uh, they're about, I'd say maybe 700 bucks. But it, it is well worth it, man. It, I I have not regretted uh you know, spending, you know, uh the money that I did on this. And I just hit the keys by action.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's a MIDI keyboard only.
2: Yep. Yeah, it's a MIDI keyboard only. Cool. There's no uh sound stored on this thing, you everything has to be pulled through the cool. computer.
1: Talk to me about how MIDI nice. works and where you get your sounds and how all of that how that, sure. all of that works.
2: So MIDI stands for Musical Instrument Digital Interface. And the way that it works is um, it works inside of a, a DAW, which is Digital Audio Workstation, and I use Logic. And uh, what you do is you, you can plug in a keyboard, or uh, I know some people have, um, like, you can actually get, like, little little guitars that uh, use MIDI, but essentially what you do is you, you plug in an instrument to your computer, and Through the instrument, when you push a key, it'll send a signal to your computer that says, "All right, uh, he pushed this button, so now you got to trigger this sound." And uh, or in some cases, uh, it doesn't trigger a sound; it actually triggers an expression, such as uh, you know hearing the sound of you know someone moving their finger up and down the fretboard of a guitar, um, which I can I can demonstrate later if uh, if need be. But um um this the way that I get my sounds is I use, uh, um, because the way that, uh, native instruments works is they have, uh, this thing called, uh, contact, which is their, uh, sample, uh, library kind of like, like like I I guess you could say it's, it's like their format of, uh, of how they, they put their, their instruments together and how they make these, these sample libraries. And then there are uh, third party companies that partner up with native instruments and they make, uh, they, they make libraries of their own, uh, of different instruments. Like I have, a uh, I have a sample library of an old, uh, uh, panachord, which is sort of like, uh, a, um, what are those instruments called? Um, uh, it's, 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 it's kind of like, like a, a vintage cue chord, like before the, and what a cue chord is, is it's, it's kind of like a, a digital musical instrument that, uh, has a strumming plate on it and it has different buttons around that strumming plate and you hold down the button and you strum the strumming plate, uh, plate and it'll cause uh, different samples inside the machine to to go off and and you get different sounds and stuff so it's 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 really cool um, but I mean you, you like you, basically any instrument that you can think of is is probably in you know in in this keyboard um, and some of them are a bit pricey because you have to get to pay for some of these uh, contact libraries, but they're, they're about a hundred bucks a piece. Um, I think, although I think the most expensive I paid for a library is about 400 bucks. And that was uh, the, actually that, that, that was uh, part of the roads. It's uh, to where you heard the the roads from that came from that $400 library. And it's a, it's a great one. It's called a uh, Keyscape and it's made by a company called Spectrasonics, I um, mean, it's got a wide array of, keyboards and uh electric pianos and um uh, you know uh little toy pianos and you know just little quirky things like that uh, but you know it's it's really it's really amazing how far uh our you know technology has come from even you know just 10 years ago yeah it's
1: incredible that's it's amazing. It's really cool so where yeah, do you dude. where do you find all of these libraries where do you where do you locate um the libraries that you want to play and how do you pick which ones you want to buy because you know you can't just buy all of them because they're really expensive right so how do you pick yeah. which sounds you like
3: yeah um so
2: what i do is um i'm a part of a list uh called uh complete con- so there's a, a website called kk-access.com and it's ran by a guy named chris Enkin. i think it's his last name and he's a british guy from uh somewhere in the uk and uh, the website was intended, or I should say, is intended for blind people who use uh, native instruments, um, who are interested in looking at different uh, sample libraries. And what he basically did was, he kind of took, he took all these different sample libraries from around the web, and he kind of compiled them, compiled them into one list. And he he made some uh, some reviews of different libraries so that we can kind of get a feel of what you're what you're dealing with before you purchase them. And then even on the, on the company's websites uh, you can find audio demos. So that way you kind of know what you're getting before you buy them. But really it's, it's all about kind of just Googling around and seeing what, what's out there. Um, You know, you can also look at YouTube for that as well. And there's a guy uh, is a pretty uh, famous and cool musician. His own right. His name is Andre Louise from the UK as well. He's, he's blind and he does a lot of, uh, he does a lot of those, as well on his uh, youtube channel and you guys should definitely check him out if you're into to piano music and stuff like that and he's done uh, reviews on some of the instruments that i own uh i unfortunately do not own uh all of the awesome libraries that he does but uh i'm, I'm getting there
1: <laughs> bringing up your collection yep <laughs> i love it oh yeah So that's kk-access.com where you can check out all of those libraries and reviews. That's really neat. I didn't know there was an accessibility resource for that. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's awesome. I love it. So once you pick your libraries, how do you get the library to interface with your DAW in this case logic and the native instruments keyboard?
2: Well, I'm glad you, uh, you asked that. So, um, depending on the library, um, you, uh, there are two ways of doing this. Um, if your library does not have a registration code, like a serial number, then you don't have to launch Native Access, which is the tool uh, that Native Instruments used to uh, kind of manage your your libraries. Um, but so if it doesn't have this this serial code, where you would have to launch Native Access, you can just paste it into Uh, the folder containing all of your uh, libraries and uh, in this case since i'm like to be very organized i like to i like to make separate folders uh for the third party uh contact instruments which aren't directly sold by native instruments uh so stuff from like stuff from like for example like the, the keyscape library that's a third party contact library um and so what i'll do is i'll put that because really essentially all the sample libraries are they're just they're just folders with files in them so uh, you you get the folder you unzip them and then you copy the folder and you put it into your third party contact libraries folder in this case I put it on my uh, one terabyte SSD um, and then I will launch the standalone application called complete control um, which on the Mac is in the applications folder and other folder called native instruments but under Windows, it should just be on your desktop or uh, in your, your start menu. Um, and what you do is you'll launch it, and then it'll scan. It'll scan your folder. And uh, if it doesn't do that automatically, then you're going to have to go to the preferences and um, and actually point your, uh, your user directory at that folder, and then it'll start scanning. Um, but then once the scanning is complete, then you can close the standalone application, open up your DAW. And then you uh, you just add complete control as a uh, as an instrument. Um, it'll show up under the Mac. It'll show up under as an audio unit. Um, and then so you add that. And then uh, this is where the fun part starts. On your computer or on your your keyboard itself, the MIDI keyboard uh, is a uh, there actually exists an accessibility feature built into the keyboard, so it talks to you. Um, and that's how you're able to pick out the the library, and and you use the the different knobs on the on the keyboard to to kind of control where you are in the in the space. And uh, oh, so that's done
1: a, through the keyboard and not yep. through Logic or complete control.
2: No, yeah. So all of the oh. all of the libraries itself, when you're picking like an instrument, is all done through the keyboard itself. Yep.
1: Interesting.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So in this case. The specific keyboard is important because you want to make sure you have a MIDI keyboard, a Native Instruments MIDI keyboard yep. with accessibility features.
2: Uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So which one yep. are you using again?
2: I'm using the Native Instruments Complete Control S61 Mark II, and that's about 700 bucks. But if you don't want to pay an arm or a leg for it, if you want, if you want to dip your toes into the, uh, the accessibility pool, uh, you can get the Complete Control M32. For about one hundred and twenty bucks, you can also go for the the so the uh there there are two different series of keyboards, There's the A series and the S series, and uh, I have the the S sixty one, and the S series uh is is kind of like the flagship, and uh, the A series is kind of like the uh the, the 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 cheaper version. So I, I kind of like to think of the the S sixty one as sort of like the the iPhone 13 pro max and the, uh, and the the a series as like the regular 13 or, or even, even the 13 mini, you know, something like that.
1: Right on. That makes a lot of sense. Cool. (laughs) So with with all of this technology that you have with all of these libraries that you have, how Mm -hmm. do you decide when you want to use a MIDI instrument versus an instrument that you actually possess and play yourself?
2: Well, um, I think it just depends on the kind of mood I want, the kind of vibe I'm looking for. Um, uh, And if I just really, if I'm really feeling like, you know, I really want this to be as authentic as I can, then I will try to kind of cut back on the amount of virtual instruments that I use. So, for example, um, I may uh, pick up my guitar and actually, you know, use it instead of using something like, um, I don't know, uh, session guitars from acoustic, which is, you know, it's a great sounding guitar for what it is, but it, it just doesn't have that authentic feel that I, that I would be looking for. So uh, a real six string would be great in that case. But in some cases, like uh, where I don't have access to a real instrument, for example, um, I don't have access to a real pedal. stool. I would love to get one. However, I do have one that sounds pretty realistic uh, enough that I could probably get away with it to the average uh, listener. Now, for someone like, uh, you know, Shane or some other musicians who, who know what to, you know, listen for, you, you know, you, they could probably tell that it was fake. But I'm sure to your average, you know, music fan, they probably wouldn't be able to tell So
0: me. It.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Call Lizzie out, except I actually...
1: I don't think I'd be able to tell the difference between your pedal steel and an actual one. That's why I want to talk so much about your libraries and your native instruments because they sound so realistic. They sound so authentic. Um, yeah. That a lot Thank of you. them. I mean, it's it's really difficult with things like like guitars or drums in certain cases. To yeah, um, you know, that's I, true. As a as a drummer, you know, you can always tell whether drums yeah. are synthetic or or whether they're actual. You know, you have the percussion in your hands. Um, yeah, but it's with, with these, every instrument is like that. It's almost like you need a specialist in every instrument to be able to tell if it's not that instrument. Yeah. Otherwise uh-huh. like it just, it just goes right by me. Like, yeah. wow,
2: John, where would you go to pedal
1: steel, man? That's amazing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I was able to, I was able to, to fit in my
3: room, man. And that's, that's a big. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Shane did tell me that, um, you can also make some, uh, beyond, you know, um, the instruments that you can download on the library, you're yeah. also able to make some pretty cool sounds on there.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, so what I meant on that was um, <laughs> when you're playing the instruments, uh, a, yeah. a guitar, for example, yep. you actually hear, you know, it doesn't sound like you're playing a guitar on a keyboard. It, it actually yeah. sounds like you're playing a guitar. And, and the way that's possible is you can hear, you know, you hear the player's hand moving on the fretboard. You hear the the string sliding. There are these authentic acoustics behind it. Um, So it's it's a really immersive sound. Can you give us a a demo of of a guitar?
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, Let's see.
3: So...
0: So what you're hearing is
1: you get all of these different, you get emphasis on notes. The harder you press the key, the harder it strums the string in the sample. Um, It slides. So when you go from one note up to another, it'll slide if you could actually do that with your finger as a guitarist. Um, Yep. It does all of these immersive things. It's not just it hits the corresponding notes when you play it. It's yeah. doing a lot of processing in the background to make it the immersion so much higher in the instrument.
2: There's also um, uh, key switches, uh, so if I hold down like the, uh, the, the the B flat key and I push a chord or uh, I push a note, it'll actually um, kind of move move uh, move up to that note. So, uh, for example, if I if I just if I don't push that B flat and I push like an E, it does that. But if I hold down the B flat and push that E again.
3: Ah. Uh,
2: and then vice versa, if I hit that, uh, because if I do a, a G sharp and then I hit that E again, it, it does that. Um, and then there's also harmonics. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so, you know. Oh, that's cool. i never heard it do that before. Yeah. That's crazy. that's so cool
1: (laughs) yeah i didn't know you could simulate harmonics with that That that's oh yeah yeah dude yeah it's nuts oh that's amazing that's not good
0: wow that that is really cool um just all these different, different capabilities that you have um you know from this this you know piano and um you know this midi keyboard and your software yeah so how long have you been uh using this these uh I it's not, you know, what is it called? Is it this technology, I guess I can say?
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I've been playing around with the, I, I, I like to call them either virtual instruments or sample libraries. And I've been playing around with these since about 20, 2018. Just about. Wow. So only and four already, years on these. Yeah, right? Yep. And you're already. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm dropping out. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> and I'm not even starting. So um, yeah, I, I mean, this is, this is really good. Um this is really good, really good information and thank you so much for joining us. Before we yeah, let you go, um, would you mind telling everyone your Twitter name? I'm sure they've been dying to hear this one. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> Cliff sure, and... yeah. Um and if you want I can kinda give a backstory on uh on crowd. Oh, <laughs> Twitter name came about. But well, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Wank Williams Jr. that's W A N K W I L L I A M S Jr. And the, the the name came about um as sort of an inside joke between me and a couple of my pals on uh, on Venom. Yeah, but, I was uh, I was here for this actually. Yeah, this yeah was... that's right. I forgot <laughs> that. I don't even remember how it for came about. I think Yeah. <laughs> right. Um I don't know how it came about. I think we were just kind of just joking around, and I was like, oh, you know, I, I should be Wank Williams Jr., and we were like, you know what, that, 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 that sticks, and, and then I think, <laughs> one of you guys were like, hey, you should sit there, I think it might have been Jimmy, he was like, hey, you should set these as, as your Twitter name, because I feel like Jimmy would do something like that, um, so I was like, you know what, why not, so uh, I did, and yeah, a little, uh, I'm not, a little backstory, <laughs> that's
1: actually how John and I met, we worked together on a streaming platform called Venom, yep. so if you're, if you're digging what you're hearing, from John, yeah. you can check him out there. He does a show called the Honky Tonk Show every Sunday, 12 yeah. p.m. Eastern, playing classic country and, and That's uh, right. all the best in traditional country music.
2: That's and, right. Uh, Damn right.
1: Yeah, we we have a great sense of humor. Uh, it's a group of friends. We have a good time, you know, putting together mm-hmm. professional content, but also. Uh, influencing our friends to change their Twitter names that could potentially ruin their career.
2: <laughs>
1: yes,
0: and forgive me, everyone, for calling it, I was calling it old country. I did want to change it to co- traditional country. I was
2: like, I God was like, I play oh, that old God, country. as
0: so- <laughs>
2: <That's right.
3: laughs> Yeah. I play for the old folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. let's
0: see. Also, where can they find you on YouTube?
2: They can find me on YouTube at John Dowling, Jr. That's also where you can find me on Spotify and Apple Music and uh other stuff. Telling by the way is about D-O-W-L-I-N-G. It's perfect. Irish. It's awesome. Oh, Thank you
0: so much. It, man. This will be perfect right before St. Patty's Day. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <Okay. laughs>
1: Thank you so much for all your insight, man. This has been a blast. This has of been course. a lot of fun. Lizzie, thanks for letting me crash your party. Uh, of course. Anytime. It's,
0: and it's so natural. Would you guys believe like Shane and I don't have to like rehearse this? You know what I mean? It just comes <laughs> off so naturally. Yeah, um, dude, it's just I love fun, that. you know, and just just thank you so much, John, for coming. And also yeah, to you, too, Shane. And this is gonna be an awesome episode. I hope everyone's enjoyed listening. Thank you to all the listeners um, and to the entire podcast team. Scene change Stay safe out. out there. I'm Caitlin McIntyre, President of the National Federation of the Blind Performing Arts Division. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Scene Change. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website at nfb-pad.org. There you'll find links to our social media, membership, and resources for blind performers. Thanks to everyone who makes this show happen. Scene Change is produced by Shane Lowe, Joe Schooneman, Precious Perez, Chris Nussbaum, Seyun Choi, and Aaron Jordan. With music by Ryan Strunk and Tom Page. Remember, you can be the performer you want. Blindness is not what holds you back. We'll see you next time.